Abandon all prejudices, all ye who enter here. Park your paradigms, perk up your ears, and open your mind as we now shine the laser light of reason on the topic of Is Lying Always Wrong? Hello, I'm David Bolton, and welcome to my podcast channel dedicated to helping people think more clearly, make sounder judgments, avoid superficiality, and above all, to unceasingly question instead of naively accepting what others want us to believe for this is the path of Socrates. My friends, last night while I was running, I was I have an MP3 player. I don't run around with my cell phone. I don't want any calls when I'm running. So I have one of these older MP3 players. I was listening to yet another audio course, this one on philosophy, and on Immanuel Kant, the great 18th century German philosopher, and once again listening to some professor talk about Kant's categorical imperative. It's not as daunting as it sounds if you're not familiar with it. It's just a sort of rule for ethical behavior. And it says that we should act in such a way that if the way we act were to be made a universal sort of rule, everything would be much better. In other words, if you act in such a way that you show kindness to others, well, that's pretty good because if everybody's kind to others, we have a, a much better world than we do now, right? So that fits in very well with that idea. Or for example, we don't steal. Well, okay, I don't steal, and that should be elevated to be a universal law because if nobody steals, it's gonna be a better world as well. And if I don't lie and we raise that to the position of something universal and nobody lies well then everything's fine isn't it up oh, stop wait a minute here here comes my protest now let me tell you this is one of those uh, episodes that i hesitated before doing because i don't want people to get the wrong idea just the title is lying always wrong i can just imagine some of you liars out there thinking oh david's going to bolster me and my in my dishonest confidence and I can lie all I want. That's not my purpose here. But I don't believe in avoiding subjects because they're a little sticky or touchy. I think we have to keep delving deeper and deeper. So is lying always wrong? We saw with being kind, well, if that were some kind of universal ethical law, that'd be great, wouldn't it? Or if you don't steal or you don't murder, that's all great. Imagine what a great world we'd have. Nobody stole. You know, these people are going to shops in certain states in America and then steal up to $100 without even being arrested. <laughs> I don't know how long those shops are going to survive. Uh, of course, the only hope would be that maybe they're, they're too dumb to calculate the goods that they're stealing and they reach $110 and somebody beats them over the head because, oh, no, but then that person beat them over the head will be get thrown in jail. Well, you know, the whole world's topsy-turvy anyway. <laughs> but... Uh, and, the, and the murder that go on in America and many places in the world, of course. Well, I don't kill people. And if, if everybody didn't kill people, we have much better world. But now we'll get back to lying. Let me tell about experience I had when I was about, I think, 18, 19, 20 years old. At that time, my grandfather was still alive. He died in 1978, but this is, I don't know, early to mid-70s. And he was going to have an operation, somewhat difficult operation. And he called me on the phone to talk to me. In retrospect, I thought, well, yeah, I didn't have much contact with him. Not that I didn't get along with him, but we, we, well, my family went to visit 
my aunt with whom my grandfather was living, I saw him, everything was fine, right? No problems between us. But generally, I didn't talk to him on the phone or anything, right? But he called me and told about the operation and probably was thinking, hey, I might not pull through this. I want to talk to my grandson again, <laughs> right? That's probably what I was thinking. I didn't think that at the time, but he was saying, yes, it's going to be a somewhat difficult operation and you w will pray for me, won't you? Okay. Now, at that time, I was a materialist atheist. I didn't believe in God, didn't believe in praying. I'm still not the churchgoer or anything, but that's beside the point here. In any case, I didn't believe in God, didn't believe in praying, didn't think praying would do any good. But even if you're one of those people who would say, we should never lie, do you really think it would have been good for me to say, no, pup, that's what we called my grandfather, I'm not going to pray for you because I don't believe in God. This old man who is over 80, who is going to have a serious operation, and he was religious, would that have been the best thing to do to tell him the truth as I saw it? I mean, I couldn't tell him the truth. There is no God because I couldn't have known that 100%, of course. No atheist can. Uh, but I could have said, well, no, I'm not going to pray for you because I think it does no good. I don't believe in this God concept anyway. Would that have been really ethical for me to do that? If you say yes, then you must be, you might be a philosopher, but you're a fool. And you're a cruel fool as well. <laughs> because nobody that has any sensitivity whatsoever would ever, being an atheist, would ever tell the full truth as he sees it in that situation. But I remember that moment, I remember I was sitting when I recently, oh, this, we're going back almost 50 years here, but I remember it because this was, an, this was a, 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 a difficult moment for me, I have to say, because immediately my mind thought, my God, if I tell him what I really think, I'm telling him the truth, but this will be devil. I can't tell him this. So I said, Pop, of course I'll pray for you. And this was a lie. I didn't, I didn't pray because I didn't believe in prayer. I wished him well, of course, maybe that has some kind of effect too, I don't know. But no, I didn't tell him what I really thought. I lied to my grandfather. But would any of you listening to me say that I did the wrong thing? No, I'm convinced I did the perfectly right thing. There's no way I could have told this old man who was a, a firm believer in God and was facing a difficult operation that could have cost him his life that I'm not going to pray for. I mean, come on now. But there are other situations too. Imagine, let's go back to, I don't know, World War II, and you live, for example, in Amsterdam, and you know the Nazis are rounding up the Jews there as they did in Germany. Once they take over Holland, they're rounding up Jews there, and you know a nice Jewish family, you hide them. I don't know, you have some kind of closet with a secret door at the back, and there's a little room back there, and you hide the family in there, right? But then one bright sunny day, the Gestapo comes up and says, we're looking for Jews, I don't suppose you're harboring any. Uh, now, if you're an honest person, as Kant suggested, we should, I think he said once we should always be honest. Well, I guess Immanuel Kant, had he lived at that time in such a situation, would have said, uh, well, yes, as a matter of fact, there are some Jews here. They're hiding in the, behind that false wall in my closet. And, uh, uh, oh, please don't pick them up because they're nice people. And the Gestapo, meanwhile, pushes you out of the way and they take the Jews and they take you too because you were hiding the Jews. <laughs> so you're also going to go to a concentration camp. Now, do you think it would be Ethically, the correct thing to do to tell the truth of the Gestapo? Oh, really? Uh, you re think that? I hope not. So that's a case of lying where I'd say it's pretty necessary to lie. And now let me give you a third example. This is the opposite. Somebody telling the truth. A, a true story. A person I know. Uh, he was married. And it wasn't all going all that well as marriage anyway. He... A series of circumstances, he fell in love with his wife's sister. <laughs> Talk about a no-no. 
I mean, his sister and his wife generally got along, but well, sometimes, well, as between women, probably more often than men, there were some tensions there, right? But anyway, she sort of suspected something, the wife. <laughs> she won't believe this story, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> anyway, this guy I know, he's just such an honest individual. He, be he believes in telling the truth. He really does. No, in the case with the Jews, if he lived World War II, he wouldn't have told the truth. Because he's not that stupid. But let me tell you how stupid he is. Anyway, his wife suspected something. So one day she invites her sister and her sister's husband, who happened to be this other guy's good friend. Right? Uh, now, they weren't doing anything, I have to say. The guy I know and, and his wife's sister, they weren't doing anything. But it was, I don't know, like uh, a telephone sex or something like that. You know, they, they were kind of in love with each other. Right? It was going totally down that path. And it would have ended up probably in bed sometime or another. But his wife invites his sister one day and sister's husband and says, okay, now, says to her husband, now, now honey, tell me, I, I suspect something, tell me the truth. Are you in love with my sister here? <laughs> now, you notice the difference to the first two cases I told you about, right, with my grandfather. I didn't lie for my sake. I lied for my grandfather's sake. Or the person in Amsterdam protecting the Jews, right? Well, okay, they could have been lying for their sake, but maybe mainly for the Jewish people's sake, right? But here's a case that the guy I know, he didn't want to lie. And if he had told the truth, it would have been, I guess, for his sake to protect. But it could have also been for the wife's sister's sake, so she didn't have trouble with her husband, right? Who was a friend of the first guy, right? But he, being honest, says, yeah, the truth is I'm in love with your sister. And, I, and she's in love with me, too. Of course, what did the sister say? She said immediately, what? What are you saying? I'm not in love with you. Of course, she lied totally. <laughs> she was no fool. She wasn't going to say to her sister and her husband, yes, the truth is, I'm kind of romantically interested in you know, my sister's husband. She, wasn't she said, well, how could you say such a thing? And we talked the phone. We didn't talk about such things. I, I'm not in love with you. <laughs> also, of course, the guy I know was sitting there like the total fool. Uh, well, the marriage didn't end right away, but it ended up ending, of course. And he later said, well, maybe I told the truth because, you know, with my wife, it wasn't going well. And I just wanted to end anyway. But, but really, he said it because he just believes in a maximum of honesty. And I said, you fool, how could you possibly tell the truth in that situation? You see what I mean? So in other words, we have situations where, yeah, you might want to lie to protect yourself. Uh, what do you do if you happen to have a spouse that's insanely jealous? Unfortunately, I don't. But I remember back when I was in Spain, I had a girlfriend once. She was insanely jealous. One time she got furious with me because we went shopping one day and she insisted I was staring at some pretty girl there. And the truth is, I had, <laughs> amazingly, I hadn't even noticed the pretty girl, but she was convinced I was looking at her. Well, suppose I had been first. I said, yeah, I was looking at her. Well, I bet you'd like to go to bed with her. And what I would say, well, yeah, I would. She probably would have beat me. So in that case, I, well, in that case, really told the truth. I said, no, I wasn't looking at her. And she didn't believe me, right? Uh, but had I been looking at that other woman, I would have lied. I, I admit it. So here we get to the ethical problem. Uh, when, when is it maybe pardonable to lie? When is it even good to lie? Like in the case of my grandfather or those hiding Jews, when is it really actually good to lie? And 
usually I can come up with a solution for almost anything, unless it's something like, you know, really some advanced science I know nothing about, obviously I can't. But I can come up with solutions for, say, the prison problem in America, and this problem, I can come up with sort of educational problems, I can give you solutions I thought out years ago. But here's something I can't really give you a clear answer to, and I'm doing this MP3 so you think about this. Obviously, when lying is to our benefit, people tend to want to lie, right? Let's say you steal something from a store, which I hope you don't. That's not a good thing to do. But if you do, and somebody then confronts you, hey, did you just steal something here? Your first impulse is to say, oh, yes, as a matter of fact, I did. <laughs> I, mean, I could tell you funny stories there too, but I won't go into that. Uh, and no, I don't steal things from stores or from any place else. I don't think it's ethical. Nonetheless, if you did such a thing, I don't think if somebody then confronts you when you're outside the store, the store detective, hey, wait a minute, come back. Did you happen to steal something? You're going to say, yes, I did. Here it is. No, you're going to say, no, I didn't. must have been somebody else. Goodbye. <laughs> uh, and even if it's something not where you're committing a crime, but like I said, your spouse accuses you, say, I don't know, uh, you're a woman and your spouse accuses you of flirting with some guy when you went to a party together. Maybe you were flirting with him, but you're going to say, oh, no, I was just being friendly. You're not going to say, yes, I was flirting with him because our you know, intimate life isn't as good as it used to be. And I was that, that, that. you're not going to say that, are you? You're going to lie. Now, are you saying that to protect him or to protect yourself? Maybe you have no intention of doing any wrong. And because your spouse is insanely jealous, you want to protect him from this. So often it's a combination. You're trying to protect the other person, but also you're protecting yourself. Well, suppose it's, I don't know, if it's 50-50, okay, but suppose it's 90% you would protect yourself and 10% you would protect the other person. Well, you could say that's wrong, but suppose it's the other way around. 90% you're protecting the other person and 10% you could say, well, that's right because I'm more protecting the other person. But isn't that just a kind of weak justification? Suppose it's 99% protecting the other person, but 1% protecting yourself or the other way around. How do you make such judgments? This is no easy topic, is it? Look at politics. The other day, somebody, I think some female politician in Arizona or somebody in the government uh, said, well, there was no election fraud here in Arizona, but, but even, if there, even if there was something, you know, like, like well, well, it's too late to do anything now anyway. And what she was saying with that is, well, even if we did steal the election, uh, it's too late for you Republicans to do anything about it. But boy, will she be in for a surprise? Let me tell you, mark my words, she and thousands of others could be in, for, millions of others could be in for a great surprise there. She thinks there's nothing they can do about it. Oh, wow. She has no idea. Uh, but nonetheless, what was she saying? Oh, yeah, we're, we're lying about the election fraud now. And, well, we're, maybe we really did see election, but it's too late for you to do it. What's she really saying then? Of course, in her mind, I'm an expert in thinking the way the others think. Even some really evil creature like Hitler, I can understand the way he thinks, not that I agree with it. A big difference there. But what she was thinking is, like so many people, Trump is like, like Hitler. He is so bad. And if, we, if necessary, we'll steal the election will defy democracy, will we'll destroy democracy, anything to get rid of this Trump because it's for a good cause. Did you, did you hear what I just said? That's the way lousy people think. And this is why to just call them evil, well, let's avoid terms like that where we can. Sometimes it's the case they're totally convinced of it. It's very similar, her attitude, and the attitude of those like her, is similar to the Muslim jihadist 
who's strapping a bomb to his body thinking, well, I'm going to kill a lot of innocent people, but for, it's for a good cause. It's for a good cause. It's to, it's to beat the American infidel. And yes, innocents have to die. It's a war, but this is for a good cause. And then they strap bombs on themselves and go blow themselves up and uh, along with themselves, a bunch of innocent people. But in their minds, it's justified. So yes, we can destroy democracy. We can have election fraud. Nothing here to do about it anymore. Uh, but in their minds, they're not thinking they're bad people. They're thinking, well, this is justified because Trump was so bad, we just had to get rid of him no matter what. Kind of like if they had done something like that with Hitler in the mid-30s. Anything's justified. You know, Let's rig this election. Uh, what was it, 1930, beginning of 33, or end of 33, beginning of 33. I don't remember the exact date. We'll rig the election just so that Hitler can't win. Well, in retrospect, that would have seemed justified, right? Whew, we don't want him in power. Uh and maybe they were comparing him to Hitler so much, yes, we'll, we'll steal the entire election. Of course, that's one group of people. Others know why they're doing it, and they were trying to block something very good. I won't get into that topic again. I've done it quite enough. I'm trying to explain the psychology of some of these people. And to people in general, if you think it's for a good cause, you would do things you normally wouldn't do. You do things that are highly unethical, but you do it just because you think it's for the good cause. Uh, how many wars have have we been in supposedly for a good cause and we look back and say it wasn't such a good cause after all hmm but we're totally convinced of it at the time and this is for a good cause how many false flag attacks have there been how many dirty dealings and part of the cia fbi etc but it was for a good cause right hmm how far should we go with our lying on the other hand some people think we should tell all our secrets what's the military really doing as if then some generals would come out and say, well, this, these are our secret projects for this week. Oh, yeah, so you reveal it to the enemy, to China and Russia or whoever else, whoever else might be the enemy? Well, that's not very smart. No, you have to lie about it. Of course you do. But where's the line? Where's the line? Where does lying, well, where can it be justified and even the best thing to do? And where is it something, where does it become something reprehensible? something to be avoided for ethical reasons. Have you thought deeply about that? Most people don't think very deeply about anything. But this is very important. I'm thankful for that call from my grandfather because I still remember the moment, though it'd be almost 50 years. I remember because I, I recognize this is a key moment in my life where I have to make an ethical judgment and I have to lie to my grandfather, but I have to do it. And things like that in my life, such moments I never forgot in my life because I'm a deep thinker and always was. <laughs> I, remember, I remember the day I turned four. It's one of my earliest memories. It was a sunny day. It was November 8th, 1959. I was living in Baltimore. I remember it being sunny. It could be a little cloudy. I don't remember that. But I remember one thing very clearly. Left my house, walked out the door, walked across a few steps to the front porch, walked down the steps. In the middle of the steps, only about five, six steps, I stopped, looked at my then little hand on the railing and thought, it's 1959 and I'm now four years old. What am I going to do with this hand in my life? <laughs> and then I guess I put that thought in my mind and just went out to play with my friends or whatever. <laughs> but I, I would always be thinking things that other kids probably didn't think about too much. And here about lying too, uh, it is so easy to lie. I have one acquaintance, and this guy is an habitual liar, especially with women. He goes to a party, and if he, if he meets a woman, and, uh, you know, he'll say he's a lawyer, and he's not a lawyer. 
But if he sees he, she's the type that would love to hook up with a lawyer or somebody of influence, he'll he'll just lie. Just come out and say it's gotten to the point where he tells some lies that aren't even necessary. You get used to lying so much that you're telling lies that make no sense whatsoever. Like one time, he would always lie about his age. He'd be 40, he'd be saying he's 34 or whatever, whatever he'd get away with, right? So one day he, he starts going out with a, a woman who is uh, 36 and he lies to her and says he's 36 as well. And I said to him, man, for a 36-year-old woman, she doesn't care if you're 40 years old. A four-year difference means nothing. If you're, I, I don't know, if you're 18 and she's 14, it means something. But not if she's 36 and 40, but he was so used to lying that he just couldn't tell the truth. So he would, he was always lie. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> that really makes you wonder about people, doesn't it? When it gets to be that bad, uh, you better get some kind of therapy because you're in trouble. <laughs> I mean, really. Uh, you know, the girl would say, my favorite food is spaghetti. He might hate spaghetti. Oh, that's my favorite food too. Let's go and get some tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, really dumb, right? But once you're on that lying bandwagon, you just can't tell the truth after a while. You remind you of people like maybe a lot of politicians in Washington. Ever think about that? Now, okay, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Oh, I love to do that. Maybe because I'm a Scorpio. Not that I'm a devil, but well, there's a little one sitting on my left shoulder. We all have that whether we see them or not. And I like to play devil's advocate. It's a lot of fun. It's a game I play. People like to blame the politicians in Washington for lying all the time. And it's true, they lie all the time. But I think we should blame the people, not the politicians. Because if we were more critical and a politician says, I'm going to do this and this, and you calculate, wait, that's one trillion, two trillion. Then we'd say, wait a minute, how, Mr. Politician or Ms. Politician, how are you going to pay for that? But no, we just accept it and we cheer. If it's a young, good-looking eloquent politician like Obama, then we cheer him because he's a young, half-black, eloquent-speaking politician. And he can lie as much as he wants. We don't care. If he's somebody like Donald Trump that talks tough and we like people who talk tough, oh, we'll go for him because he talks tough. It doesn't matter if he's lying. But I mean, really, shouldn't we? You know, why are these politicians lying? Why aren't they just coming out and telling the truth? Ron Paul would often tell the truth in economic things when he was running for, uh, to, be, uh, to be presidential candidate well, in the Republican primaries years ago. And I could tell in those debates with like 10, 12 people, he knew the economy better than anybody there. And he would tell some hard economic truths. And as a result, he got 1% of the vote among Republicans, right? And general election would have been less than that. But he got like 1.5% or something because people don't want to hear the truth. Then we hear, hey, we're in bad economic straits and we have to do this, we have to do this, we have to limit our... Some people want to hear that. They want to hear promises. So that we have lying politicians, we have them because we allow that we empower them because we eat up their lies. And we love to hear them lying. As long as they promise, oh, more, more equity, more, more money for this, more money for that, we, we, we love to hear it. And it's like a popularity contest. It's so disgusting. I say blame the people. Oh, but a politician would never do that. Some have done it, honestly. Jimmy Carter did that. He wasn't a bad guy. Lousy president, but he wasn't, I don't think he was a bad person. But when they had the great economic recession back then, some of you will remember that. He said, well, in part, it's the people's fault because if they would just have more confidence in America and invest more, we get out of this. He was right. And then he lost the election to Reagan because people don't want things to be blamed on them. No, he committed the, the worst sin a politician can, can commit, blaming something on the people. Oh my God, don't do that. And despite his intelligence, some say he was 
maybe the most intelligent IQ-wise president since John Quincy Adams. I don't know if that's true. They didn't do IQ tests for all these people. But he was highly intelligent. But, but that's an example of how you can be highly intelligent and still be a fool. <laughs> because, Jimmy, you're still alive. I hope you're well. You do not tell the truth to the people. You don't, that is, you don't blame the people because you're going to lose the next election if you do. The people are happy with lies. Just make them sound believable. But yes, Washington's filled with liars, and it's the fault of the people because the people are superficial and they don't think things through and they're not critical enough. And that's, that's the main reason why I started this podcast channel, The Path of Socrates, to get people to, well, as you know, in, in the spiel that I do at the beginning, I'll repeat it at the end. But to, some, to wrap this up with lying, I'm sorry I can't give you the answer here. I'm sorry I can't draw the line for you and say you can lie up to this point but not beyond that. But it's, a, it's an ethical challenge for everyone. Because here, when, the next time you're in a situation where you say, well, should I tell the truth here? Uh, if you're a man listening, be careful of women. Oh, boy, they're clever. <laughs> but we already know that they're cleverer than we are. Uh, uh, yeah. And uh, as, as Al Bundy, remember, married with children, as he said, uh, let me see if we get that together. Don't try to understand women. Women understand women, and they hate each other. <laughs> <laughs> a bit of humor thrown in there. But, you know, women, they every, with some women, they say, yes, I think in our relationship we should be perfectly honest and we should tell tell each other about our past and everything. And wherever in that situation, I was always, I, I think I was always too clever for that. But once again, my very honest friend that I mentioned before, you know, with the wife's sister, uh, he his wife played that one on him. And what he do? He said, oh, yes, yeah, we, we should be. Okay, well, let me tell you. What do you want to know? Oh, your past girlfriends. He told every single thing about past girlfriends and she didn't talk to him in days. <laughs> Bad idea. Bad idea. If, you're, if you just start going out with a woman and she plays that, that one on you, well, right, let's be totally honest and tell about her past and everything. She wants to get information from you, but you can be sure she's not going to do the same thing. Okay, maybe one in a thousand will. I mean, that's the oldest trick in the book. I would never fall, even when I was a teenager, I'd say, oh, well, yeah, going out with girls before, you don't want to seem like a loser, right? And I had gone out with girls before, except for the, the first girlfriend, I hadn't, you know. <laughs> but after that, yeah, of course, I'd go out with girls, went out with a lot of them. Uh, i say, yes, I, I've gone out with many girls. You don't want to say, well, I've never gone out with it. You don't want to lie. And especially like that, she thinks you're a, you're a nerd or you're not attractive or something, right? Yeah, I've gone out with a lot of girls, but the truth is I've never felt this way about those and that's not really a lie because with every girl you feel somewhat different right so i've the way i feel about you i've never felt about any others and then she gets a smile on her face and that's the way you have to deal with that i should do a podcast episode on that for you young people because especially when I, I mean i made believe me i made my mistakes when i was young in the dating scene everything but i see some people and even back then i saw some guys there's just so such total fools and now, now I'm happily married, have been for years, but I give some of you young fools some advice because I did some foolish things. <laughs> uh, you have to know the tricks. You have to know thine enemy. Not that women are the enemy in that sense, but you, know, you have to know the tricks they play, whether it's a politician, whether it's a woman, <laughs> whether, it's, whether it's Xi Jinping, no matter who it is. You have to learn to think like they do and learn to predict the tricks that they might want to pull on you, right? So with the lying thing, 
I can't draw a line for you here. But the next time you're in a situation where you might be tempted to lie, think about why you're lying. <laughs> Whether you're really doing it maybe to protect somebody else, to help somebody else. And, you know, even protecting yourself is valid in the case you have a, a spouse that's insanely jealous and you know you've done no wrong. It's probably better to lie because otherwise you'll get a big scene every, for absolutely nothing and you're totally innocent and that breeds resentment within you. Uh, but I'm, I'm just urging you to think when you're in a situation like that, when you notice you're about to lie. Give it a little thought or afterwards, whether you've then lied <laughs> or didn't and see the consequences of each path, lying might get you out of a situation, but think afterwards then, well, was that really the best thing to do? Because after all, on the path that we're on now, we want to think more clearly, make sounder judgments, avoid superficiality, and unceasingly question instead of naively accepting what others want us to believe. For as I always say, this is the path of Socrates. I wish you a fine day or night wherever you are, and until the next time, Bye now.